Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are you troubled by stale podcasts in the middle of the night? Do you love films that feature the busting of spooks, specters, or ghosts? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Ghostbusters Resurrection is an RPG audio drama combining tabletop gaming and cinematic paranormal elimination adventures. Call the professionals at nerdyshow.com slash ghostbusters. We are ready to believe you. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. It contains content that may not be suitable for all ages, so listener discretion is advised. All Nerdy Show podcasts are made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. Discover the many ways you can join in at nerdyshow.com. Design episode 26. We've been doing this for over a year. Yeah. Nothing to show for it. In my, in my, in <laughs> a my, little bit. In yeah, my, no, a lot, actually. And my bandmates still don't know that Thursdays are a no-go. Every time it's brought up, they're like, can you practice Thursday? And you're like, it's been a year, like a year of this. You know I can't. Yeah, we record on Thursdays. Yes. So the listeners, peek behind the curtain. We've shattered the fourth wall. You'll never be re-immersed. Yeah, we don't record these on Sundays and then put them up Monday. This is not a live show. I'm not even a real person. Liam is a a very poorly written AI. Yeah, with a it, I was an anime girl for the first four years of my life, like an anime pop star, and uh, now I'm this. I think it's better. I disagree. I had a lot more fun as a pop star. So before we get too into it, I know a lot of people don't know where to start, and and for some of our listeners that they've been writing either on you know in our Patreon or to messages that this is the first time they've ever GM'd it is is trying to do this a half finished system that they're that they're excited about which is which is very flattering but um some of the things i, w- I kind of want to bring up first is is just a little bit of gm advice one of the things i know we've all dealt with this max you've dealt with this very recently is anxiety when you're a new gm and and hoping that people will just like what you're doing yeah you know like that's your players especially because nine times out of ten they're your friends so how do you how do you navigate it when you're when you're the gm you're the one kind of championing every part of the system to the people who want to play. Usually like you're the one, like I want to do this. This is my wheelhouse. Cause if you're not invested as a GM, you know, no, it's never getting off the ground. And a lot of times, a lot of first time GMs are people who say, uh, I really wanted to play this game. So I had to GM it. Yeah. 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 Well, that was that, me for sure. That yeah. definitely <laughs> happens. So how do you deal with that initial anxiety? Because you're new, you don't really know what you're doing. You know what the system is, but you're not. You haven't never played it before. Mm-hmm. Um, Fake it till you make it, baby. I would say, for me, session zero is the thing that gives me more comfort because mm-hmm. for me, a lot of like my first original worries was like, you know, are they going to think this is fun? Are they going to think that this is funny? Am I even good at making this up? But well, wait a minute. If I just do session zero and we figure out what the basic stuff is, I'm not. That's one less thing I'm going to have to make up on the spot. Mm-hmm. Like, there's really, in my experience, at least. I, 
I was worried about making stuff up on the spot and being underprepared. That was a big worry. And that if I'm underprepared, it'll, like, people be like, oh, my gosh, we have to wait while he makes something up. This is boring, you know, whatever. I think players are way more forgiving than you think. And if they're not, you don't want them as friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, session zero should be helping you alleviate those worries by setting up expectations so that they don't get, you know, freaked out. And especially if they know you're a first-time GM, they may know that you need to take a minute. Don't be embarrassed to take a minute. Like, hey, you know what? I didn't have that plan, but give me one minute here. Go ahead and grab a soda, grab a pee break. I don't figure this out. I think I think first-time GMs would be surprised with how flexible other players would be, especially if they're experienced players and you're the first-time oh, yeah. GM. Yeah. What about you, Max? What do you think? You just did it. Yeah. Um, narcissism helps. Sure. And then it's just a game. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're having fun with your friend is most, most likely. So... Just have fun. Yeah, you can just talk about magic, magic weed booze for like they don't, 20 yeah. minutes. It's not like you're playing Star Wars where everyone knows the story. Like You're making it up as you go. If you change something or forget something, the players don't know. It's not something to get caught up on. Yeah. Or, you know, um, it, I mean, granted, if you're running the S-Dice system, you are probably making up a story from scratch. But mm-hmm. feel free to, if you're going to do a first-time jamming thing, maybe run something out of a book. Yeah. To fall back on. It gives you a little bit of ammo. I, I almost want to create a, a guide for how to convert our system. Like, if, if you're if you're using a pre-made adventure for anything, uh, use lang- we can use, like, language, like, what's hard to hit, what's easy to hit. Yeah. You know, or even just percentages. Yeah. You could, like, you could figure out straight percentages based on that. Well, for instance, if you if they're fighting something, let's say, in D&D, and it's a fire beetle, and you know that a fire—I'm making this up— Fire Beetle's AC is 20. They're level 2. You know that's going to be really hard to hit. Yeah. So I would just say if something's really hard, it's AC or it's dodge in our system is 17. That's really hard to hit. Or, but, you, might, or you might go like, oh, but should this have armor? Right. You can lower its armor or you can lower its dodge and increases its its armor, you know, and generally don't go over this amount unless it's like a boss. But that I I, I never had trouble converting monsters, you know, no. just reskinning them. So something like that might be might be useful for gms if they want to do our system um what about you uh liam what was your your first gm do you remember i was very nervous for mine but do you remember yours no i don't you don't remember the first time you you gm'd a game because i i know the second one because i was running an epic level three five game and i hated it because it was dungeons and dragons yeah edition 3.5 but there was an epic level handbook and i bought it and i was like i want to try this out but Nightmare. I, d- oh my, God. The, the amount of math after level 20 is dumb. Yeah, it was probably just a 3-5, like a basic 3-5 game. But you don't remember if you were nervous or excited or sure of it or not sure of it? By the first time I GM'd, I'd been playing for like three years hmm. and uh, kind of stopped enjoying it by that point. And you stopped enjoying playing it? Yeah, it, but it was just, it was too, it was too much of a thing that we were doing already to stop. What, um, the, the campaign that you ran for Josh and I, when did you start that one? Like, do you remember? Dude, what? I was in, I was, I was out of college already. So that was only a couple, like maybe four years ago. But like, do you, do you it was remember? longer than four years ago. Five. Yeah. Five, but it was only like five oh, or six. Orion is five. Uh-huh. And it was a couple years, of years before. before All right. It was at least two years before that. Well, and what, what, was that your third time jamming? Fourth time jamming? No, that was like the 10th. 10th? Oh that shit. All right. <laughs> no, I ran a couple of Star Wars games. I did. Oh, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, and I had, I'd done three five games by that, and done two or three um, fourth edition ones. But you don't. But but the very first time, you just don't remember being like whatever. No, because I well, I think the reason why it happened is the guy who was running the other game we were playing just was like, oh, I'm going to be gone for a month, 
So I just ran, ran a one, like a one shot. Hmm. Just, and there was no just a reason to stay together. Yeah. And there was no pressure because it was just a one shot. And yeah, it was just like, oh, well, this is what we do Sundays. So, and if it's the same group too, I suppose it wasn't, yeah, it a wasn't new group. Yeah. yeah. No. And I just got to punish Mike for being a dumb power gamer and punch him <laughs> in the face. Yeah, if it wasn't you guys, it might've been different. Sure. Different yeah. experience, but I guess we're just, we're a gaming group. We're comfortable together. Yeah. 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 yeah I was always super comfortable with the people I, I was mm-hmm. playing with. So I was never worried. By the time I had start GMing, I was so deep into three five rule headache, gar- like garbage, that it was fine. Mm-hmm. And then DM- GMing fourth edition games was a joke in comparison. Yeah, so like I didn't have to worry about anything or even inventing stuff on the fly because most of the stuff that you read in the GM's guide for that is just like this is how you get out of these scenarios or here's a, a thousand ideas to just like crunch into. So it was really easy to deal with. I really like making stuff up, too. Yeah. So that helps. My first time GMing was was a game of Werewolf the Apocalypse, and I barely remember it. <laughs> but I wasn't nervous because it was me and two people who also didn't know the system, and we were trying to figure it out as we went. So I was just making stuff up, and they would they would be like, would that work? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't nervous because we, we just wanted to play. But the first time I was nervous, it was when 4th Edition had just come out. And I really wanted to try it. I'd never done D and D. No, I, I'd done I'd done three five with uh, Liam and and our mutual friends, but I'd never I, I'd never GM'd. And we, there's a new edition. Let me try it. And I was nervous. I was very nervous. So I did like a couple of mock sessions instead of a session zero because we didn't. I didn't really know what that was. And where I had them fight each other in like an augmented form so it would last a while so that I could learn the rules. And uh, it worked out actually really well in a, in a weird way. Um, but I was very nervous because I didn't have a story. And if I had a story, I didn't think it was very good. I didn't realize that they're going to make up 80% of the story from the seeds that you kind of push in. So you don't really have to worry about that much. Yeah, you're just the bones, dude. Yeah. That and really even then, helps. just like you only need one bone. You need, you need one seed. And then they just kind of do the rest of the work for you until you come up with another one. Yeah, they'll just burn bridges to the ground forever. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like that's, that's what they did. Um, but with a player that knows more than you, that's a tough, that's a tough one because you do have to kind of exert your will as a GM for decision-making. And if that's not the way that something works, you don't really want to tread on their expectation mm-hmm. of what they know this game to be. So how, how, do, you de- how do you deal with it if the, if the player knows more about the rules than you do? Uh, prison rules, take them out back, beat them up, go back to the table. Mm. Be like, just shut your mouth? Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. I like that solution. I, I honestly don't know if I've ever GM'd a game where some another player knew more about the system than me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely have. Well, Liam Liam's GM'd RPG from scratch, and yeah. I think the only person who knows more about it than him is me. And I, you know. Yeah. When I run a game, that'll be the for... instance of everyone else knowing more about it than me. <laughs> like, yeah. pretty much everyone at the table will be like, actually, no, Doug, uh, that's uh, whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, that's no, great. But... I remember. <laughs> I mean, as long as they're polite about it, you're like, yeah, it's not. That's, yeah, that's yeah. not how ranged weapons work. Yeah. This is how they work. Like, if you're if you're cool, if you're the other player is cool about it, and just like, yeah, that's really not how they they generally work. You'd be like, okay, be like, and well, also, yeah, be like, that's my fault for not knowing. So it looks like you kill him. Yeah, and it, yeah. well, it's and it's definitely a situation of like, are they trying to rules lawyer you, rules or, lawyer you, or you just or just to assert dominance, or are they or is it a situation where like that's not really the rules are, and you're like we're feeling like we're punished for it. Right. it that's really the the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's one of the things where like whenever I create a character and I play with a GM who's like, no, well, it doesn't work that way in our game. I'm like, okay, well, can I just make a completely different character then because I I made it under these assumptions. Like a play, let, let, for instance, let's say I want to play 
Pathfinder. I want to play as a brawler, and I want to maximize the number of attacks I get per round. And that's how my, that's my strategy. Hit as often as possible. And they're like, well, we use critical failure rules. So if you critically fail, you may take damage. And I'm like, yeah. well, I'm not going to play a character with a ton of attacks then because I might die in one round only hitting myself. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> Punching just, yourself in the face. Right, right. I don't want to play that character in, in those rules. I'll make a different character. But if they're not amenable to that, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're – just, just, just choose your groups carefully, and I know I know for, hard. a lot of people part. don't have that option. A lot of people are like, "Look, I live in a small town. There's only three people who are even slightly interested in playing this game. This is it. And if and if I do a bad job, or if they all turn out to be assholes, I'm you know I'm shit out of luck." And I do feel I do feel there's there's too much pressure on the GM to be the person who resolves all conflicts. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's not. I really don't. I think it's everybody's job in the group to take that on. You don't you don't get this if you're a player. And you got a problem prayer that's ruining everybody else's time. You don't look at your GM to solve the problem. I think that that's on all of you. No, you, again, you take him up back, you kick the crap out of him, you go back to the table. <laughs> we we got, ran into a lot of issues because in, in fourth edition, there's a ton of stuff we didn't know. We didn't know how grapple rules worked sometimes, and we didn't want to stop playing to check. Mm-hmm. That was generally a thing. They're like, I think it works this way. Uh, well, but I'm not sure. Does everybody agree that it might work this way and we yeah. can look it up for next time later? And they're like, yeah, sure. All right, we'll play it that way and then let's move on. Just, just and then, keep, keep going. And then at the beginning of the next session, you'd be like, hey, okay, these are actually how the grapple rules work. We're mm-hmm. going to write that down. We know it now. It's mm-hmm. better to do those, like find out what the mistakes were, Yeah. present them at the beginning of the next se- session. So that way you're not having to constantly retcon things and argue with each other. Just agree on however you think it should work. If it's reasonable for everybody, move on. But some people just aren't into that. They need to be correct and right, and I, I and I don't want to play with them. <laughs> choose choose your players carefully. That's all. But again, a lot of people just show up to a game store. Don't have a choice. I know yeah. they, they're they're playing with strangers. So how do you? You're a GM. You're playing for strangers, Doug. We've done this at conventions. Yeah, never had a problem. We no. uh, we've been lucky enough to I, not have a problem. I, every time I've basically every time I've GM'd a game like ever. I've come away feeling lucky, <laughs> like, yeah. like, like I lucked out somehow. Like Liam cannot say that. Oh, I've had some garbage ass games. Here's the thing, though: in the twenty something one shots and full campaigns, there's only one group that I can really think of. Just like really not having a good time, like not even having any fun. I've, I've definitely. I should take back a little bit. I did play. I did play one game. I did GM one game that I feel went really bad, but it was no one's fault, really. And if I had to pick, like, what I thought the big problem was, it was mismatched expectations. Uh-huh. And I think that did come from a session zero that I didn't do a good enough job at setting up the expectations. What I did was I hid the ball too much. And mm. I didn't talk too much about what my expectations were as the GM and, like, the kind of story I want to do. You can talk about the kind of story you want to do without talking about your story at all. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't do that. So that was a lesson that I definitely learned. And I, th- I don't think the players had a terrible time. But they didn't have nearly as much fun as they could have if they just knew going in. I mean, we talked about this before where it's like, you're going to be going into the desert, so don't pick a character that has an ice focus. You may not have a good time. Yeah. Right. I could have done something very similar to that yeah. and would have saved a lot of trouble. But I but I didn't. They feel <laughs> so, like this is a horror game. Yeah. Pay attention to that. Yeah. You can get too caught up in your story, like how clever your story is. Yeah. yeah. Or you don't want to reveal any clues or anything, but... 
They need information. Yeah. yeah. Ex- expectations is a good way of putting yeah. that. Because there, sometimes you play a game and you're superheroes and you're running around and you're just punching everything in the face that you find. Yeah. And the other one's like, no, man, you guys are secret agents or you're assassins. Don't or be seen. You're investigators. Yeah, that's part of part of this. And, I, I, I would have been like, hey, listen, this is a teamwork thing, so don't split up. Stick together. We're dealing with a kind of humor level that's like this. The tone is like this. So you wouldn't take that risk otherwise. But... Just, yeah, just just give them as much detail without having to go over the plot. Don't don't you don't have to give away who the villain is, but at least say if this was a movie, this would be the genre. Yeah, I was going to say when mm. you watch a trailer, you should be able to tell the genre of movie that exactly. you're going to go see. Yeah, yeah. And when you're surprised, rarely is it a good thing. Yeah, you can't do from dusk till dawn as an RPG because your players will quit as soon as the vampires show up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know. You're like, I thought this was a Cheech uh, Marin movie. I thought this was a cool, like, slick Quentin Tarantino bank heist comedy, dark comedy. Nope. No, it's a horror thing. Well, I didn't say, I, I've been sitting here for two sessions, man. What the fuck? I don't want to play your fucking weird vampire game. Your foot, your foot fetish vampire game. God damn it, Doug. You put it in the vampires again. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There you Dare go. you enter my magical realm? <laughs> By the way, Doug, if you do want to run a vampire game, though, I'm down. Like, what, like World of Darkness? Hey, you can always top me, man. I've, there's a new wait, there, wait a minute <laughs> what did you mean by that <laughs> uh, you know just DM me you know just dominate me okay. just dominate but, but okay. Liam you generate power from the bottom how is that gonna work uh, you can no you, you can have a power top and a power bottom that that can yeah. happen yeah it's called the broken hips yeah, it's, it's called wrestling <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another cause for anxiety and frustration and for hurt feelings for GMs is when players completely break an encounter oh just or just give up oh okay i wasn't going that direction but i mean like in the idea that like i've got this guy that you oh know, that, that he's he's this guy and his words can break buildings and stuff like that and you're gonna have to find creative ways and they just cast silence and then uh, stab him with a knife you know <laughs> I, I, I have experienced that a couple of times yeah i it's ranged my my reaction is ranged from oh my gosh you guys are awesome yeah <laughs> like like cool cool for doing that you you you're badasses and Oh, I'm such a fucking idiot, but I have to give it to him because yeah. they 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 like the cleverness of it was was perfect. I'll take you one step further. I've had both of those and the abject anger mm-hmm. that this didn't go down the way I wanted to because I had expectations I wanted to be met. Sure, by and I put a lot of work in and it just but I always got erased. I always try not to take it personally because it is like a game. Sure, but but that, I could I could totally, I want to talk about that. Though. I like that's, totally understand that I can totally sympathize with the idea of no, you don't understand. I really put the effort in this, and now I'm just angry that it's kind of been spoiled. But I think at the end of the day, if I can look across the table and people are laughing or smiling, like that's kind of what I wanted. But I but I. I can understand for sure. Yeah. How do you, the next thing I want to talk about is, is as a player, as a GM, like how do you not take, how do you not take things that happen in the game personally? Because we're all very good at it, but we, this isn't our only game group. We don't meet once a month and it's the only thing we got going on. We don't look Mm, forward to it for a month. They can't wait to get in this character's shoes again. And, uh, and it's the only time I get to do something like this. And then that character just gets crippled and, um, has mind feeble, you know, so you mean like like as a player, as a, a, you roll badly and now your character's fucked and you can't do anything about it. And you're angry because the, you know, you know, the GM targeted you, which is kind of what they're supposed to do, but like, it just, it didn't play out in your favor and it's unfair because it is unfair because it's random, (laughs) you know, you know, fairness feels unfair, but how do you not take it personally? How do you get past that? Doug, you've had experience with rolling 
very poorly. Yeah. Um, for me, it's the dice. Like, the dice is there, not to, like, be the scapegoat, but it's like, I know every time I pick up the dice, this could go fucking awful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I just have that expectation of, if I'm lucky, it'll go great, and I'll be awesome, but if I, if I, if I, if today I'm just unlucky, uh, in our recent game, I felt like I was really terrible a lot, mm-hmm. but I never blamed the players or the game. It was just like, fuck, I'm just rolling so bad. It's just like, there's always a streak of bad luck, like, sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I know that kind of didn't make sense. I, always, no, no, no. I, I was, I was watching, I was watching a Matt Coville video and he was talking about how GMs should fudge roles. I disagree with him on this, mm-hmm. but he had a good point and he's like, people's expectation. I'll see them throw dice away. It's like, I wanted to roll this die, you know, and, and do it. And it, it rolled a one, a two, a two, a two, a one, a two. Like I wanted something more random than that. He's like, no, that's random. Yeah. Like yeah. that is <laughs> equally random each time you yeah, roll. Yeah, yeah, no, no. You getting streaks like that—that's random. That's what randomness is. Yeah, uh, and and you you need to set your expectations for that. Like that's 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 appropriate. But then his response was, the GM shouldn't be tied to the die roll in the same way for the outcomes that the GM wants. And I I just I disagree. Don't yeah. don't introduce a die roll that, if you don't want that, it to. Yeah, if you're not prepared for it to go anyway. Yeah, if as soon as you roll a dice, you need to realize that there's a chance it's going to fail miserably. Yeah, if you don't want it to fail miserably, it, it is as very, a GM. Don't roll the you can dice. just say it happens. It, yeah. yeah, it's a very Jesus take the wheel moment. Yeah, yeah, and you, yeah, you always can say this is what happens, and if you do it enough, the people are like, okay, yeah. yeah. And in Ghostbusters, when I want something like something must happen, instead of not rolling the dice, I just roll forty dice. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, well, there you go. It happens, and you guys are like Jesus Christ, Doug. Like, I mean, it's kind of like you know, like it seems obligatory. It seems obligatory yeah. where it's just like, all right, we get it, Doug. This has to happen. But like. I mean, even if you don't want to roll 40 dice, just say this happens, the gods of this, whatever, whatever. Like, just, I don't mm-hmm. know, man. I, but, th- I, but that's a delicate balance, too, because uh, that almost comes out as an endorsement to have things affect the players that they can't control, right? You say, like, this happens to you, and you're like, that removes a lot of the player. The player's not playing the game when you're just saying this happens it, to your it character. Would, it would be unfair to do to wield that power to single out a single character because mm-hmm. then that character would be like, dude, that is unfair. Like you you wouldn't do that to anyone else. Why are you doing it to me? Well, or also the whole group. You could say you get arrested. You're like, we resist. You're like, no, it just, it works. It happens. <laughs> you know, like you're like, well, uh, well no. I, I usually try to avoid that when it's like, when it's the stuff that happens, has to happen. I'm like, the moon explodes. And they're like, why? And I'm like, you don't know. Yeah. Doesn't <laughs> Stuff that stuff where they can still the do moon. stuff. <laughs> yeah, why would you react? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I think it depends on the context, but I think when everyone sits down, GM included, if you know if you're rolling the dice, if you have a streak of bad luck, I I think everybody at the table feels it where they're like, oh, man, like, sorry, it's, you know, it's, it's not yeah. going that way or whatever. But I think as a player, if you're having a bad, it's just a really bad time, just know that failure is what makes it interesting because if everybody used the force and 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 roll 20s every single time it actually would get boring yeah like, oh the not, risk the risk is the point yeah this kind of leads leads to what i think is the best advice for new gms who are anxious about what people will think about their skill about you know like their their familiarity with the rules is, is that the, the luxury we have because we're friends also because i've done this before now I know it's okay to fuck up. Yeah. That's it. You just have to be, at a certain point, you're like, if you say, for instance, in your story, you say one thing, and then later on, you're like, yeah, and because of that, there's this, and all your players are like, that's Wait not what minute. you said. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. You said this other thing. You just got to be like, oh, really? All right. Yeah, sorry, I messed up. Okay. Well, anyway, it's that then. 
and and your your super fantastic boss that you did and then they killed him in one move that you that you didn't predict you, you just need to take that boss and go okay well i'll just pocket that idea for a different context later yeah, sure yeah, yeah and yeah. then and and awesome that was a great solution everybody congratulations yeah. like like because I, I guarantee you they had fun like that was if they came up with a clever solution to some some world beater that you created yeah that was a really fun moment for them yeah so don't stress about not knowing everything and don't over prepare because everything can change with a moment's notice. Yeah. And I, I, even just a player, even just a, like not just a die roll, them failing, but a player saying no. Like if, if, if they're like, I want to offer you this, this deal and, and they offer them something, the players say no, that changes everything. Just don't over prepare. Be flexible. That's it. Make things up on the fly. And if you don't know what it is, if you don't know what's going to happen next, tell them. I didn't plan for this. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen next. Can we take a five-minute break? Yeah. And uh, and I'll come up with something. They'll say yes. <laughs> like that's that's all. That's They, they just want to play. They want to have a good time. And they, they kind of like it when things go a little cockeyed. Yeah. But yeah. also, as a GM, be willing to celebrate your players' successes, too. Because yeah. sometimes, sometimes when they beat you, it's not a lucky roll or not something you forgot about. They just all do everything right pitch perfect and get the criticals they need to and they flatten something and you're just like well you be- you built a wonderful machine my friends <laughs> so i didn't do the homework because i was in dc okay oh, I-, I forgot we were doing that one i did yeah, it. yeah i should i should have i should have uh brought it up saviors liam we'll okay save, we'll save it for next time um i forgot to do it because i was very preoccupied so that's that's it for gm advice today i kind of want to look online do I, for do questions. i get bonus points though yeah i'll give you bonus points yeah extra credit you get Plus to start guys. Uh, echoes echoes with two more momentum than ooh that's I I like that actually yeah. <laughs> I would like to add one more thing about under the GM advice sure. thing just simply that I think uh, g- new GMs need to remember that as much work as you're putting into putting this thing together the like Liam was saying earlier you're just the bones like the players are going to add stuff to it so don't feel like you just trust that they're there to have a good time and if you fuck up they're going to try to find their best way to make it fun. And to, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but and if they don't fuck them, they're terrible players. <laughs> like, <laughs> if they're if they're like, you must make it fun for me. I'm here to be entertained, dance monkey. Then it's like, you should just watch a movie instead. Like, don't fuck people who don't like you. Yeah, yeah. And but don't feel like you're doomed because they will make something funny and go in an unexpected way. My only experience with players I've never played with before has generally been like apprehensive optimism. Yeah. You know, like they, they, they don't know what's coming, but they're excited and they hope you're excited. And if you're like, this is the kind of thing I want to try and you're not just pushing your agenda on them. I really yeah, swear to God, the more you guys talk about this, the more it just sounds like you're picking up chicks at a bar. It's hilarious. It's very similar. <laughs> you're just like, basic you new know, person it's, relationship it's, advice. It's about expectations and I'm like, I'm optimistic. When I, when I did my first convention game at that fest or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, as soon as they had the the exposition, all right, you're off on your adventure. Uh, I'm expecting them to go to this place, this place, this place. Immediately, they took a hard left turn, not out of ignorance, but out of oh wait, that's where you expect us to go. We're gonna impress you by going after the big bad first. I was yeah, like, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, <laughs> like and and it. I just decided, you know what? I know they're not challenging me as a person directly. I know this is them saying, let's get into trouble in a fun way. Yeah, and it was amazing. So. Worked, it worked out great. Yeah, just don't take it personally. That's it's you're, you're you were all working together to create a story. It's not your story. You have like like Josh said, you have the seed, but together it's a collaborative storytelling process. All right, 
You wanna you wanna do some uh, some nuts and bolts here, some world building. I am what you got. Always down to build worlds. All right, good, sir. I want to make some kingdoms. All right. We've got the Akinosian Empire, but that's not the same. We have a couple cultures, like for our Bra- racial yeah, examples. Down. Do you want to expand those, or do you want to just start from whole cloth? Uh, well, I think some of them are. Would there be multiple kingdoms and political mm-hmm. allegiances mm-hmm. in them? So I, I let's say. Let's make the kingdoms, and then, because even a kingdom it not, might not necessarily have the same religion, even. A city-state, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. like there could be a theocracy. That would probably be more than one thing. Or if it's a uh, more traditional nation-state, also probably a single religion. But a, a kingdom is the property of a person. Yeah, we, we, talked, we already talked about... I kind of want to get into some of the ones we've already established a little bit. So, like the Mera, the uh, yeah. the Hrod, uh, megalithic pseudo Egyptian, you know, uh, a culture. We we've got a lot for them already. We've got the uh, the Posh with their lanes that you you hitch a ride on the Posh, and we've got we've got a big city that Max invented that they left from and met in in uh, Echoes of the Star Crypt. Who runs it? How is it structured? What's the, uh, what's their religion? Their religion is sanctified ancestors, right? I believe it is ancestor worship. All right, so they would their maybe yes. would it would it be a would it be an age oligarchy? Yeah, I was thinking like a senate made up of elders. Yeah, of that Could each be, yeah. each clan or high priests. Yeah. yeah, well, maybe the elder would be a priest, like be the priest of your family. Someone who seem who seems like they're <laughs> going to be ascend to godhood soon. Yeah, that could be cool. What was the um? They had a room full of death masks in the houses of the powerful Romans. Did that room have a name? I don't know it off the top of my head. The gallery. The I, I know what the perineum is. It's the, it's the tank. The vomitorium. That's where they would go and throw up. The vomitorium is where they'd throw up. You know, because they would eat a lot. No. And they'd party hard. No. And they would get drunk. And then throw up I, I love in the they, vomitorium. I love that they heard, Like, what is a vomitorium? <laughs> It's an exit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the vomit exits their mouth into the vomitorium. Yeah, didn't say technically at every stadium you go to, you pass through a vomitorium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty good description, too. You ever seen people leave, like, a baseball game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like the yeah. building is yeah. spewing up. Well, okay, regardless, ancestor worship, they don't do death masks. They create hieroglyphs. They create monuments. They have, like, mausoleums in the underground, uh, mm. you know. Yeah, maybe there's an underground. Well, huh. Would they... Because underground, you can't see the sun. Yeah. And they're a sun-worshipping mm. people because they're lizard. Well, they're alligators and crocodiles. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Would they prefer to cremate then? Maybe they're on the sun. When you die, you go to the sun. So your body doesn't need the sun anymore. You're warm forever. Mm-hmm. No, I think they probably, they make the, the megalithic structures to, to put them at the top. Mm-hmm. To get them closer. Like Close sun to the basking, sun? Yeah, like basking yeah. in the sun or whatever. All right, like I like that. Rock. Yeah, like you, you, in, you uh, inter them, immure, well, immure them in the in the structure itself. Mummification comes from just bodies being out in the desert. Mm-hmm. They saw that and they're like, "Oh, that's cool. How do we do that?" So that's clearly the only way to get to the afterlife. Yeah, is to be is to get be so dry mm-hmm. that you don't decompose. What if they just leave them out on big rocks? Well, then other like smaller things would eat them. It's like a Tibetan sky funeral. Oh, I want one, but Lauren won't do it. Do you want to do it? I like you assuming you're dying first. Hell yeah. That is... <laughs> like, that's the plan. What's the sky funeral? <laughs> Tibetan sky funerals, they'll take a body up to, like, the area where there's a bunch of condors and stuff and vultures, and then they'll start cutting it up for them to eat so that they fly away. So that the condors will fly away? No, so their body will fly away in the oh, bellies of condors gotcha, and gotcha, gotcha, vultures. Because I'm like, no, yeah. condors are going to stick around if you start cutting a body up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you would burn them in the day so the ashes would rise in the sun. Okay. Like if you had big like braziers and stuff, that'd yeah. be kind of cool. The like brazier could be like like the little hot rock, you know that you that you're oh heat, you're basking like in. a heat lamp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought we were try, are, we, are we doing kingdom though, or, or like more of the religion? Well, I I, I feel like that's we gotta we gotta think about if you think about what's important to them, relig- like in a religious sense, you'd figure out like how a kingdom would be structured. Like if it's you know is there king lizard you know or is it like okay this is more of like a what, what would what would these kind of people value? Yeah, like what would they value in a leader? Um, maybe community. I'm saying like age. Yeah, because they straight up age they, mm-hmm. size. Then right, because they're yeah. directly correlated. Yeah, yeah. So um, maybe the the one who's basked the most is like a a 400 year old blind crocodile because he's looked that, at the sun know, too sat much. Sat in the sun too long. I don't yeah. know. They should, be, too much. should they be 400 years old? That's because probably he's probably insane. Like just like just <laughs> speaks gibberish, and everybody's like, "Oh, the wisdom." You, you he, sit in the sun for for more than three hours, you're gonna. I'm lose just brain saying, cells. should they be allowed to live 400 yeah. years? Yeah. He's, he's he's guru from uh, Dra- Dragon yeah. Ball abridged. They've like they like kept him alive. But he should have died a long time ago, but the cats aren't alive because he'll go bask in the sun all day. Then they just moisturize him all night with shit. I saw like, a cracks. It was pretty. Kick its ass. Kick its ass. <laughs> but that would be good because then there could every- be like a whole papacy around it of like interpreting what he said. Yeah, just yeah, the name. Says, they would just keep him around for Dude, that. Well, he's, he's, if he's 400 years old, the version of their language might not exist anymore. Imagine, like he like, uses verbs they have never heard. And he just becomes more bestial. Like because <sighs> because it, it, you go back into lizard brain, right? Yeah. So he's, he's this giant, almost near immobile. Oh, what, he doesn't really talk anymore. Creature. He just eats. What, no. 7,000 pounds, but what if we, 27 I, feet tall. I almost think it would be great if it was like almost kind of like a silverback and a gorilla. Like only one in a population of a certain size even starts doing this and the other ones just die off. Could be. Now in... Like they li- like you'll live 200 years right. or, or you'll become a living god and yeah. it's terrifying and awful and you're insane. But yeah. what if you're taken as a child like a, like a llama? Yeah, Please it? elaborate. Well, like the Dalai Lama. They, oh, okay. You know. <laughs> <laughs> llama face. I was like, what do you mean? Like, oh, the llamas, you know. Yeah, like, you know the llama. Like, yeah. did, you, <laughs> did you just watch the Emperor's New Groove? Like a, no. like a llama. Like a llama. Because we're talking about alligators. You're like, yeah. oh, well, how about a llama? Yeah. Like, All, right. All right, go on. I so you mean that. like it's a petting zoo? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. 
petting zoo. But like, if you were saying they would show signs from a young age that they were part of that class, Reincar- reincarnation. I'm saying no. Yeah. no me. Uh, I think reincarnation would undermine the ancestor yeah. worship. Yeah, if that makes sense. I like. I mean, because you wouldn't. Because like, if if you do both, you're like, oh well, I need to ask my my great 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 uncle for help. Let me go find that baby that he was just born into. <laughs> I, I gotta mean, go figure it out. I, I do like the idea of trying to find a like young uh, young Harad to like you know like this is sort of like a chosen one type thing. But I don't know. I, I just don't think it, it works with the the, yeah. re, the rest of everything. It's a cool idea. Yeah. We should pocket it. Yeah. Use it for, for something thing. else. Yeah, I, I think I think maybe it's like some great king hero oh, that that's might... now just like they just leave him outside in a garden all day, and he's enormous, and they feed him, but he can't really talk because he's too big he's and like, dumb. He, he basically becomes Dionysus. Like. Yeah, but well, I, I think I think like just senile and 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 immobile. But know? now, but now, what's the like, value like, of like, having like Pearl from Blade? Right, but what's the value of having someone like that in charge when they have to make decisions? A, well, I don't think he's in charge. No, I think, like that's where he's it starts. the figurehead. He should be the last of like. A line of like god kings who actually so, did wait, things and so put the empire together is he is he just a mascot at this point yes yeah okay. that's what i was thinking kind of like prince charles he's so just, well then what then what function does he serve in the society other than just the mascot uh i think because he will then like be related because this they, is they, they this do is ancestor how, worship yeah. right so so then from there down like who cares for him maybe maybe the people who care for him uh, who are responsible for his well-being are interpreting what yeah. he's saying, but it's really whatever they want to do. It's a way of getting around hereditary rule by still having it exist. The society is held up by the idea of divine hereditary rule. This person was chosen by the ancestors to lead us. But the way you get around that is just to make sure he's a fat, bloated monster that no one can understand. And you're like, then you can have real politicians around him going like, mm-hmm. this is what we have to do. So is it more like old fat monster... See whether he's senile or not is more of like the figurehead. And if he's if he because if he's old and it's ancestor worship, uh-huh. he has the thing of like, yeah, the ancestors would probably be cool with that. Because when I was a little, when I was a little uh, lizard, you know, uh, I remember the old days. And I was like, all right, you know, Gramps, I get it. Like this, this, this is no. nothing to do with this. Well, well it could no, be based no, no. on their values too. So th- this person was a great hero and therefore can become can like, they're, like they're canonized or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe this one's is that they saw the doom and it's what made them blind could the, so if there so if you just do a great feat you're basically like a saint are you like could there be multiples well i think so with with the ancestor worship cultures like this you um you worship your own ancestors but there's people who become aspects around a certain idea that you look to them if you need help for this certain kind of problem mm-hmm. I, but uh, even in their ancestor worship i i almost didn't think they were worshiping the ancestor like their direct progeny right it's, it's right. the ancestors of the city that you live in like way back yeah, yeah. So you 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 definitely would worship your own ancestors but the ones that you think of are as gods isn't your great great grandpa who was a dirt farmer who lived on dirt farming who did dirt farming yeah you're like no my great the great leader of of our last kingdom who raised the city he is he is the direct person we talk to about the well-being of the city that makes sense and why their their ancestors would be noble yeah, mm-hmm. because yeah, your great grandpa was a dirt farmer, but mine was a warrior. So anybody can be the big fat old uh, crocodile who gets fed. No, no, I think you got to be a hero. Yeah. yeah, well, anyone who becomes a hero, like so. In other yeah. words, it, it's not literally a bloodline. It's not like, no. and you're not elected, and you're like whatever. But the current phase or dynasty or whatever that they're based around could be related to things specific to that hero. So I almost want to go like, let's go with a big uh, female crocodile that's been there a long time and she saw the doom and fought 
back in the day, but now can't tell anybody about what happened. Because mm-hmm. she's she, too old? No, because she doesn't remember it. Yeah, she was no. blinded and turned into an idiot from it. So what's what's her name? Clarissa. <laughs> she'll explain it all eventually. <laughs> One day. She had, a, she had a crocodile named Elvis. Yeah. It won't be Elvis. Or an alligator. She had an alligator named Elvis. Malatesh. All right, done. And maybe they think that she stopped the doom from taking the Harad city. Because they're well, their culture is older than the doom, and yeah. so the only ones who that did. She's four hundred eighty-one years old. She's got the scoots to prove it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she was like three hundred fighting it. Yeah. Okay. It's like three oh three two old leader of a tribal band, maybe. Oh, there would be a city already. Yeah, but like of a specific you know lineage mm-hmm. and stuff like that led them to do things. So maybe that's how things are organized. Like instead of being like uh, Rome, where it is, uh, you know, you've got the the plebs and the consul and 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 the different ranks of that. Like maybe it is f- family based. Like families have their own leaders, and and if that's, you want to start a war, you talk to different families. That's because they sort have their own of order. how Rome worked, though. Not the same <laughs> like, way, though. Like like mm-hmm. you wouldn't you you wouldn't go to the head of a family and be like, I need your warriors that you have specifically been training on your own uh-huh. with your own fighting style. And, you know, uh, they, they had their own military. This is more like everyone gets a say. In yeah. other words, like each, you know, each major family would probably get a say in a city. Mm-hmm. Which is generally true. But I, I almost kind of like the idea that, that it's each, more family codified. Has its, each family has, a, has a, like a, a specific cast. Like almost like, you think of like Warhammer Space Marines, like each, each chapter is yeah. built differently, you know. If you want to go a war, you're like, I need the Space Wolves and I need the uh, the the Black Templars. Mm-hmm. And that means something different. Like, you're going to put them in different spots. Is it maybe then, like, each family... If each family is, like, a big noble family, it's probably because of something that they're providing, whether it's, like, food or... No, because you, know, you, you one you all, everyone has to provide food. Like true, I just in, mean like like in, even in in this setting, ninety percent of what everyone on Earth does is far. Sure, sure. Just so the, just the idea of like what makes their when you say okay, we got to go talk to all the head leaders, yeah. like the heads of the these families before we decide if we're going to go to war as a city or not. Like what makes one family's or their vote matter more than another? Their it's, size. There's just the, the physical size. No, the well, yes, but mm-hmm. also also just the number in the family. I think there are subfamilies that so for instance if I've got a family of 5000 mm-hmm. there's a family of 400 that family of 400 is not trying to join my family but they're trying to bridge alliances and stuff like that breed in mm-hmm. breed in or just be contractually yeah taken care of that kind of thing and they bring something to the table for whoever will pick them up like maybe they you know they've just got a couple people who do certain things so maybe they're just like they're they're just territorial yeah like 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 a real alligator or crocodile. Say so she took all the all the citizens of the city into her mouth while the doom was happening. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, she might have protected like like how they carry their little eggs. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. You well, know. oh, so maybe maybe she did that with two of her offspring. Were they heroes? Later, like yeah. they're they're like they later were. She took the brunt of it. They survived in her mouth because she's enormous, mm-hmm. and then they came back to warn everybody and rebuild and that's why she's being lauded they, she doesn't have a full family anymore but her children are held in high esteem and like she took the hit she's the mother of two badasses yeah who was a badass badass herself so she's more yeah. like the queen mother yeah but well let's say she was a hero before this sure sure you know sure. and then and then in that she, she took a sacrifice and now they're just saying well we yeah. survived because she did this every like our, our entire culture survived but they're like they're just taking care of her now 
like yeah, just, and, yeah. And, and the values of the city are based around things that she her house represented that was wiped out yeah like maybe her house went and faced the doom and they all got wiped out except for her so this the, is like their way of paying respect for like yeah you, that could be cool yeah like you you made sure that we all are here today we wouldn't have been here if it wasn't for and you. this is just the city that we came from yes yeah so maybe her family values rivers like that's you know, part of their crest or whatever mm-hmm. like they 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 value like rivers and um and nom noms <laughs> chicken <laughs> chicken but Old something chicken. something that like like if you're doing city planning you're a city planner for one of the families and you want yeah. the contract or whatever you'd be like well i'm going to install a beautiful river <laughs> it it fully meets you know the traditions that we are using to honor her while she's still alive flow flow right through the temple yeah, nice little and center place there great to her two uh children and grandchildren you can put all their eggs I right have a nearby. statue of each of her children on either side of the river bridging the gap it's gonna look nice mm-hmm. i almost want both of her children to be dead oh probably by now well i mean i'd imagine she'd had like hundreds of kids mm-hmm. and they all died in the doom yeah except and for this is the last the two, two. Yeah, but I, I thought like maybe maybe these two that she saved aren't great heroes, but they persist in the you know they they could be heroes. Maybe one of them is, you know, if one of them was like an architect. Yeah. Well, so maybe these two brought back the knowledge to keep them from suffering the doom or something like. Hey, yeah. things are going bad. The Savathians got wiped out. We need to reinforce our economy and become self sufficient right now, so we don't lose everything. Because it's going to all of civilization is going to have the rug pulled out from under it and they did enough so that now they're they're doing well so they're the they're the egyptians in the actual bronze age collapse yeah Yeah. this is where we're writing our shit down in stone (laughs) so if anything happens uh we gotta fit the sea people in here somehow no that's the savathians yeah (laughs) the the idea uh on the note of um picking a child like to like lead or whatever I just thought, like... I don't think it's always a child. The Dalai Lama, you mean? The Dalai Lama thing. Yeah, the Dalai Lama, the reincarnation, like, picking him as a child or whatever. I thought, would that work for the Krex if you were, like, of an egg of, like, a certain kind? Oh, or, like, yeah. a, an egg of a certain color? A marked egg? It's got like a, a star mar- on it. Yeah, like, a marked egg is like, Ooh. oh, shit. It's like some bird, you know, out and whatever, some Krex just... Oh, I laid the egg in. Holy shit, it bears the mark. And it's, everyone has to come and they have to measure it, make sure it's the right thing. Like, Is no, that Elvis on it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I mean, that could be kind of... Or if it's like spotted of a certain kind, whatever yeah. it is, you know. <laughs> and of course, people try to fake it. You know, they fake their egg to look a certain way, but they're like, nah, this is bullshit. Okay, so now we've got that. Structurally, how do they work? Is there a council below? I like the idea of like direct priests who are who are also just old as shit. Mm-hmm. Probably you can't be a priest unless you were a hero, and and hero doesn't have to be in battle. Hero yeah. can be like you saved. You have to be lauded. In fact, right. you have to be lauded so much that you are outside of the clan system. Yeah, okay. so you, you, you can become you become a a, a a hero of the city or a a higher mark, and you are no longer concerned with. The benefit of your family. You were concerned about the benefit of the city. Ideally, right. yeah. You you were allowed yeah. to you were allowed to exit that structure, and your your responsibility. Your family is now everyone. Yeah, and they all accept it. And that is how you become lauded and part of the the religion. Mm-hmm. Or like if you if you were only a great leader of your family, your family will worship you. If you become a a great. So this is like being it, a Supreme Court justice, yeah, right? Yeah, it we're, is we're being like, we're ascendant. Like there's, there's, a, there's a fixed number of them, and a new one can't be put into it until another one dies. Yeah. So how many? Seven? I'm going to uh, do a prime number? Nine. Nine is not, nine's not a prime number, but I like nine. I like nine. nine. Okay, so the uh, let's do something related to the sun. 
I mean, obviously, you could say like enlightened, illuminated, um, illuminats, the illuminats, <laughs> the. Uh, I like illuminats. That, that could work. Phenomenats. Uh, I love that band. The Coronals, and albedo. What are what are solar terms? Solarin, the swole, the swolars. <laughs> I don't know. Swolar. Yeah. Glossary of photovoltaic terms. Um. Is like the the absorbent, you know, somebody who who takes in a lot of solar energy. Let's see. The bronzed. Astrophysics and cosmic engine glossary. All right. Cosmic engine. That's fucking tight. Hello, Boston. You would open for the Claypool Linen Delirium if you were cosmic engine. The luminous. I like that. Well, because you wouldn't say the nine, the the luminous nine. Yeah. Luminous nine, or just the luminous. There are nine mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. Or you could even say the nine occasionally. They know what you. They know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, talking to an outside like you've never heard of the nine luminous, <laughs> center pillar of all wisdom in the rock community. And we don't need to go into who each one is now. No. But if we make an adventure that deals with them, like they'll have to interact. People will have to interact with individuals of the luminous. And how do you get to be the Illum- the luminous? You just you're sort of you, you are a culture wide hero for some reason. Mm. So you may be, but, but I mean, like, do the sort of the people demand it, or is this yes. like, you're, or or does one luminous die and they go, we got to fill this gap? Who's who's done something awesome? They probably have their own private lists, and then the luminous vote on who joins them. Yeah, and that's part of it. But also, there has to be a, a, I think, a public. If they're like, oh, we want this guy, this is you know politically viable, and the public are like, no, yeah, they're I, like, nope, not that guy. Then maybe maybe the the luminous and the public agree on a list yeah and like you always know who's next in line you would be, maybe you would even campaign for it yeah in a but not like in a current presidential campaign when they you would literally just show up on the day where they decide and you're like i'd like to i i'm good for the job or you could even be like no dude this yeah. is no this is not you can turn it down this yeah. is not my gig like i, I just run around killing people I'm in the sands right. yeah <laughs> so, so let's say we've got a city of four million people all right all right they you've got you've got Malatesh. Mm-hmm. What what is her title? She's at the top. Just the basker. The radiant. There's sure. the luminous and then there's the radiant. Yeah. yeah. A little, you know. They bask in her glory. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so she's she's the radiant. And below her are the luminous. There's nine of them. Yeah. They individually have responsibilities related to their skills, but when it comes to matters of the city as a whole, they have to all be present mm-hmm. to come to resolution and then below that like they've got their own executives and then sub levels and sub levels and sub levels uh to that so for the cities let's see the mira you probably deal with just small scale generally like if if somebody was to crime happens okay Mm -hmm. and a detective comes out you know who does detective report to does report to the chief of police or do they have a police force or is it just the military in their investigation. You know? I, I, I think the military, all forceful power should come from the families. Mm. So if it's They've in the... Ter- their own yeah, investigative... If it's yeah. in the in the territory that that family controls, you go to the mm. family leader and be like, this is what like this is what happened. Or someone, you know, someone of a regular... Yeah, and... Who's and, in charge. And it's up to the... It's up to the people leading up to the Luminous. They get kicked to the ladder, like, kind of like the Supreme Court, where there's smaller and smaller courts. But, like, if they think it needs to be bigger than one family or be discussed between unrelated families to resolve there are people between then who will yeah move it around so trade deals crimes things like that there will be well i think it would be the difference between like federal and state level where block by block it's families Mm -hmm. and then when you're dealing with the city as the whole you're dealing kind of more with the 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 church politic 
Right. But the church is, the military is the... But but then the, there's no church without the families. Yes. Who maintain their own portion of it. Okay. And the military is still, is still made up of soldiers of the families, but they don't organize themselves in a way that could be done, to say, at a federal level. So let's look at our continental map here. Okay? All right. And we've got... Um, here we go. Okay, so we've got Akinosh in the middle of the countryside of Jarnesia. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think that the Mara can be that far away from the water. Yeah. I want to make them a, like at least control of a coastal region. There's a, there's a very large coastal region two countries away that I think that they can control the entirety of. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Sounds cool. Okay. And what do we call that region? Is that the mega city of Mara that controls the area? Yes. Okay. Which is that city is a country that has mm-hmm. fingers that spread out, but not in the It's not connected by roads. It's connected by posh lanes. It's much slower speed than the Akinosha. They're not laying pavement down the way that yeah. you know, Akinosha is establishing like trade routes. They, they're they slower thinking people. They move on the larger, longer scale. So what do we call the the city of the Mara, of that culture? Didn't we have a name for it already in Echoes? That was no. That was a that was a city, but it's not like the grand. Okay, you know, for a minute it's like you were describing Jacksonville, <laughs> just like ekes out. Yeah, <laughs> from the center, it's like it's so big. It's more like Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, What's her name? Was it Jokat Royal University? Jokat wasn't the name of the city, right? Jokat was near a city, Nafar. Nafar, the city of Nafar. So Nafar, I think we put it on the opposite side. I think. Go down here. Sorry. Well, that could be that could be uh, another no. that could be another Mara city state. Yeah, a, like a, there can be Mara multiple. Mm-hmm. So let's name one country of the Mara. It will be uh, the Great Nest or something. Korska. No. just stuff like Korska. Yeah, you know? cool. And there may be like three or four satellite cities that are you know pretty big, but not millions. Yeah. So it's Korska is the capital is the capital seat of the Mara and Nafar of the Mara of all of the Mara yes of that culture that's but, the country yeah so but, for instance but I would, would almost say, think it would it would be more more kind of like almost Grecian where like there'd be four or five very large cities they're all Mara they are all culturally similar mm-hmm. but they would have their own their own patriarch or matriarch sure and much like them Athens is the you know is the cultural seat but it was a, but also like Thebes. Thebes was the most important city for a long time, and Sparta won the war. Okay, well, we, well, could, th- we could th- say each of them. Had, think of it. You know. Think of it like Spain, then. Yeah. Right. So reach out from Spain or Portugal. Mm. Or you like know. in Japan, they were always arguing what was the capital of Japan. Like, yeah. Where yeah. Did, we're like, well, no, this this guy, this emperor, this is the real emperor, and it's like, no, nah, I'm so, pretty sure this guy's. The so real since the Doom Corsica has been the capital of the Mara. Yeah. Well, there's another one. So the one near where Echoes took place mm-hmm. is the continent, or sorry, the countryside of. It already has a name, Lagus, mm-hmm. L-A-G-U-S, Lagus. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I'm just labeling it that it's a Mara area. And then Nafar is at the is at the corner of that. So that's a Mara controlled area. Okay, I like that. I like I like how that works. We've got the we've got the radiant followed by the luminous, and then it spreads down from there. But each city, and we'll have to come up with names of houses if we you know after the luminous, uh, and how they're structured, much in the way that. You know, I think Space Marine Chapters is a good way of thinking of it. You have people yeah. in every role, um, except for it goes all the way down to the farmers. You know, and, and um, well, I almost think like 
and she, sanitation. Pure peasants, pure serfs probably would not even be like there's a family that you work for, but the family doesn't consider you part of it. Hmm. hmm. I don't know. I would I would imagine that that, that almost you because they're so long lived. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you start out as a farmer in one family. In one family, you're always a farmer oh, yeah. to start. Well, and no, then you can always up, you, know? you can always start up that way. But it even even in that family, there'd be a, you know a prime. Sure, a prime family thing, and they'd probably want to move you up. And even even then, there has to the the amount of dispossessed people has to be unreasonably larger than the amount of people who get to climb. Mm-hmm. And that like, could be handled just through the amount of like maybe actually in this in the city you could have you know most of the people be something other than farmer. But in the in the wilds, you just have farmers that you yep. take taxes from. Question though, when the radiant finally dies. Mm-hmm. How is a new radiant chosen? Probably one of the luminous. I'm going to say no. It can't be one of the luminous. It has to be. It has it to be ha- somebody it has to else be, exceptional. Like, yeah. Luminous probably get to have the final vote, but does the public? Oh, somebody? It, something. Un- yeah, and also the whole thing is something unreasonable has just every time it's happened to happen needs to happen. Something big happens and someone shows up and is obviously that person. Like Napoleon just shows up on a fucking horse, or maybe maybe. Somebody doesn't have to replace the radiant. Yeah, you can have. Maybe, maybe it's you can just go without until someone worthy shows up. Yeah, maybe that's that's what happened with with her. Is that they're maybe they went fifty years without a radiant, and then she did that, and they saved the city, so they raised yeah. her up. You have to you have to do something really good mm-hmm. in order. In, it's and, it's and, not you know. once in a generation; it's once in three. Yeah, and maybe the public, maybe the luminous cannot choose. Maybe yeah. it's only the public can choose. Yeah, yeah, like, I like the, that. The public demand is high enough; you just can't even ignore it. Mm-hmm. Maybe because if it's like the, if the public is like, if you don't make them the radiant, we're just going to we're going to take care of them. It's like it's almost like an arms race. Like, we, yeah, if if we all agree that we that we should take care of this person. Yeah. You just have no power anymore. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. just unseat you. Yeah. yeah. OK. I like that. I like uh, I like where that's gone. I think that's all we got time for today. I'm good. I'm happy. I'm happy with that. The Mara. So we can now deal with them as an actual cohesive player in this game mm. in in the in the in the game of thrones <laughs> that we're making well they would they would find the idea that there's like trouble in the Akinosian empire because ha- Akinosh is how old 150 yeah yeah they would be like whatever, whatever. Yeah. No, it's within the lifetime of some of the people who are in charge yeah mm. they, they'd find it oh juvenile growing pains you mm-hmm. know like that kind of thing much like british found america well, but i also i almost think the, the mayor wouldn't be that particularly expansionist either no that's I, not I, their goal they seem pretty solid like they're, but that's how they know. survived the doom even they yeah. weren't expansionist they became self-sufficient yeah well let's say they contained they, they are expansionist they're just at much slower pace than everybody else yeah oh yeah because they got they, nothing but time yeah they'll yeah. they'll outlast you it's like the that's desert. A, for the Savathians, yeah. yeah, that's why they're just like God how, damn Savathians. Yeah, how long? How long can Harad live? Four hundred years. Four hundred and eight years. Maybe though. okay for the average. Let's just say for the average day labor, just like working Joe. Two hundo. Two hundo is pretty high up. Two hundo. Two hundo is pretty high up. And if you do something totally awesome, and then literally you be live a life of leisure, well, and they're taking care of you. But it, it should always be the system where, like, if you in the realm of the game world get momentum, yeah. You are longer lived by sure. de facto. Like yeah. so you are, like, you are functionally magic. So if you're like two hundred, is like is like ah, you're old. Yeah, that makes sense. You yeah. worked on a farm. Yeah, and it. But maybe go croak it, for like for like a radiant three hundred is like oh yeah, they're pretty fucking old. And if you get to like four hundred, they're like, damn, is this bitch ever gonna die? Yeah. <laughs> like, but in, but in a way that's like not 
completely unheard of. It's not well, magic. I, I, yeah, I almost think like a, a, a radiant going to going to five hundo. That's that's happened before. That's, happened. that's a thing that yeah. happens. Yeah. But in like a regular hero, even three fifty is yeah. like oh that that happens. Yeah. So um, you get to five hundred, you, you got some fucking momentum. Yeah. <laughs> like, you've done something. So it is a myth that crocodiles are immortal. Yeah, um, they know they aren't. Yeah, but um, but let's just say fuck that. Let's just make it so that like life is just harder as you get bigger. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, I want I want a hard limit on it because we already have an immortal race. Yeah. It's well, yeah. I mean, if you just imagine like. The larger you get, like she's immobile and yeah. blind, you yeah. know, like it, it at at however how you Your know smells for, probably going too, like like the scent, she yeah. You know, she can't recognize anybody, doesn't react. They're just kind of keeping her in the garden, you know. Yeah, we well, just kind of mush up the food and feed it to her. It's kind of yeah. You know. <laughs> so okay, all right, I like this very much. I think that's a good that's a good intro to a kingdom that we can have in our back pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we'll do a next one, an, another one next time. Uh, Again, I call the Guff City States. They're mine. I want them. <laughs> They're ours. We we do them together, just like <sighs> we did this. You can have eight. Okay, so thank you everybody uh, for checking out this one. Uh, we've got a, we've still got so much more to get into, and so much more to build for the world and the game. And and we really value your input. If you come up with a cool idea, share it with us on our Patreon. We'll talk about it. We're really into it. Also, if you want, if you have questions about GMing or anything like that, we may not know the answer, but we'll talk about it. I've GM'd a lot. Liam's GM'd a lot. Doug now has GM'd a lot. And now Max is getting a decent taste of what it's like to not only GM but do it while being recorded and having to be accountable for what he said. Yeah, at a high level. (laughs) High level GMing. Write in. Ask us stuff. We're happy to talk about it. And as always, check us out on our Patreon. we we got tons of stuff for you there. We're always coming out with new things, uh, including our cutting room floor, which I think is is practically its own podcast at this point. Uh, The last one I listened to, I... Had such a fun time just listening to it, being like, "Cap is so funny." Yeah. As always, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/rpgfs. You can find us on twitter.com/homebrewambres. You can find us on Instagram at RPG from Scratch, but it's all one word. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time, stay safe, stand watch, and get a full rest. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.